the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. It is indeed the Bob France Authority for all Friday, the 23rd morning of the eighth month of the year of our Lord, 2019. Appreciate you being with us. Uh, so yesterday was the conversation with uh, Mike DeWine at, uh, in the 1030 portion of our show. I wanted to air it in the first hour today so that different people can hear it. So the, clearly the governor is well-intentioned. I believe that. I, you know, he's arguing as best he can for a flawed policy. That's the bottom line here. He's doing the best he can, but he didn't have an answer for most of the things that the things that I said after I pointed out uh, the problems with the due process that was um, that are evident in this proposal. After I pointed out that it's unfair to take people to court, make them pay court costs and attorneys' fees to defend themselves against something that they haven't done, but that they might do in the future. Kind of Minority Report. Remember that movie where they used precogs, precognitive people to predict future crimes. Then they arrested people based on those crimes that haven't yet been committed in order to stop them. All sounds all well and good, of course, except for the fact that this is reality and not the movies. Um, you, you know, you can't. And he just repeated. He said, "Well, these are the these are much better proposals than red flag laws being used in Indiana and in this state and that state. Maybe they are, but they're still unconstitutional." They're still unfair to people who have simply been accused of something that they have not yet done. And to have police action being taken against them or court action being taken against them based on that uh, is a real, real problem for me. I also know it's a problem for my guest, Tom Zawistowski. Tom is, uh, Tom Z is, uh, uh, really one of the great conservative, uh, leaders in Northeast Ohio. I think that's fair to say. We the People Convention online at we the people, uh, convention.org. Also, uh, founder of the Portage County Tea Party. And Tom wrote an essay on, uh, We the People Convention's website about these red flag laws. And I wanted to invite him on to kind of respond to what he heard from Governor DeWine there. Tom, good to have you back, my man. How are you? We're great, Bob. Thanks for uh, asking me to come on the show. 
Yeah, it's a pleasure. I read uh, your essay and uh, very well argued, obviously, very passionate about it, and you should be. We all should be. Um, I'll let you kind of take this if you want to go to your essay or if you want to respond to some of what you heard from the governor first. Well, you know, I agree with you. I think Mike DeWine is sincere. Uh, he's he's trying to, you know, find an answer to this this issue. But the reality is they're they're looking in the wrong direction. Uh, the the uh, essence of my essay, because I was triggered to use the leftist word by this red flag poll that was released that said two thirds of Republicans support red flag gun laws, and I know that's just not true. I, because I'm out speaking all over the state, talking to groups, and and I know what people you know feel about all this. And 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 the problem is, Bob, that you know this isn't about guns at all. And and that's what I try to do in my essay. I I, I made the the case that you know, Mr. Dewine, for Governor Dewine is saying, okay, we're going to give you due process, you know, and we're gonna we're just gonna we're not gonna lock you up. We're just gonna take your guns. But how does that prevent you from acting out with your car, with a knife, by strangling people? It doesn't. The issue is that the only thing that stops people from doing something is incarceration. But, but instead of locking people up, we have leftists all over this country trying to let people out, trying to, you know, this crazy stuff in San Francisco yesterday about renaming, you know, juvenile delinquents with some, you know, politically correct name to make it sound like they're not criminals. The, the fact is, Bob, we don't need any more laws. We need to enforce the laws we have. And if, and if someone says, I'm going to shoot up this church, which just happened here in, in Youngstown, the police have plenty of laws to go arrest them and lock them up. We don't need red flag laws. The red flag laws, Bob, are simply there to give the left the, the first step to being able to just take your guns because they want to confiscate all of our guns. It's nothing more than that. And it's, so if we really want to serve the, solve the issue of mass shootings, we have to look at culture. And that's why some of your listeners may know that I, I called for Jane Timken, chairman of the Ohio Republican Party, to resign a couple of weeks ago, because she went after Candace Keller, who was a House member, Ohio Republican House member and Senate candidate, who spoke out after the Dayton shootings and said, hey, let's talk about what's wrong here. How about no fathers and family? How about, you know, uh, failed school systems? How about all these cultural things, the, the lack of God in our, in our government and in our schools, the lack of you know, the de-emphasis of church? That's really what's going on, Bob, because you and I know when we grew up, kids had their guns in their car. They brought them in to, to, to show and tell. We had rifle clubs at school. Nobody yeah, shot anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah what, no doubt about changed? it. Uh, kids, in, kids in more rural uh, communities, too, I mean, they'd, they'd keep their rifles on their gun rack in the back in their cab of their pickups and, and drive it to school and right there on school grounds, and it was never a problem. I agree, Tom, wholeheartedly about the culture and about the single-parent households, the lack of fathers, and so on and so forth. All of those things are, are very accurate. Um, I think we have to look further, though, because it's not just you know, Dylan Klebold and Eric Harris anymore. It's not, these aren't all being done by, by high school or middle school students. You know, the El Paso shooter was 21. He's been out of school for three years. The Dayton shooter's 24. He's been out of school for six years. He's a grown man. The Las Vegas shooter, 64 years old for crying out loud. The Orlando shooter, 
It was 29, I think. So, you, you know, you, we're talking about adults here. We're talking about grown adults uh, that, yes, have been raised in a very different culture than, you know, there used to be. But we can't blame this on youthful um, misguidance by schools or or other or, or parents or these other things anymore because now we're talking about grown adults who are making adult decisions to go out there and commit these heinous crimes. And so, Bob, what's the commonality? What are we seeing so much of? They're mostly white males. What have you and I seen and all your listeners seen for the last 25 years? I remember when the first TV commercials came out showing every white person in the commercial as a stupid fool. They were the person that couldn't fix the plumbing in their house. They were the ones who cheated on their wives. They're the ones who lied. They've been demonizing people for 25 years. What happens when you do that? What happens when you tell kids every day that the world's against you, that somebody in Washington or some group is, is persecuted? What happens when you make victims out of people? You know what happens? They lose hope. They see no way out. And so what do they do? They get angry and they fight back. That's what happens. And that's what the, this, what the left is doing to our country is they're turning us on each other with totally false accusations about you know, white privilege and you know, white nationalism. I mean, how, how many white nationalists do you know, Bob? You, know, you and I have been around for a long time. I've been in the Tea Party movement for 10 years. I haven't ever met a white nationalist. I don't know any Nazis, right? But they're thinking like there's one behind every tree. Well, what you're doing is you're demonizing. When, when you go apply to college and you don't get in because you're white, what do you think? You think that's fair? When you don't get the promotion because now it's all about diversity, it's all about political correctness, and you don't get the promotion because, and, and you're doing a great job because you're white, you think that has no consequences? Yeah, Tom, there's I think racism we're on, in this Tom, world. It may. goes both ways. Tom, if I may, I uh, I think we're on some uneven ground here. Um, what you're what you're describing, I don't disagree with you about uh, the demonization of white America, particularly straight white Christian males. We all know that that is the most unprotected class because they fit the majority in all of those areas: uh, majority men, majority Christian, majority white, majority male. Um, uh, well, I think I, dub- I doubled up there, but. Uh, I, I, while pointing out the demonization of the white male, you, you, you gotta be careful. We've gotta be careful that we don't tread into justification for why they're committing these crimes. I, I, we can't do that. I think that's very dangerous ground that we're walking here when we're saying they've done all of these things to make the white male feel terrible, you know, with white privilege, white prejudice, white, uh, nationalism, white supremacy, and, and, and demonizing all whites like that. That doesn't, provide justification for mass shootings and, and yeah let me let me agree that. with you i know you're not trying to do right. that but that's how it's coming off but we must draw a distinction between justification and explanation we're looking Agreed. for answers Agreed. and i know because i coach sports and things i know that when you push people and you keep pushing people they eventually push back and and this culture we have you know it, and it's it's pervasive it's all over, whether it's social media, whether it's your TV, whether it's the movies. You know, again, you can go all the way to the whole thing of abortion and our, our lack of value of life. You can go all the way to these video games where a kid can sit there and kill 10,000 people in a night, and it doesn't matter. It does matter. It's wrong. Killing people is wrong. But when you 
when you say the government should allow you to kill people, what's the kid supposed to think? So why do you think they're confused? It's yeah. pretty clear to me why they're confused. There, they're getting there is a mes- lot of our mis- culture. Messages. There is a lot of violence in our culture that wasn't there two generations ago. You know, primarily with the video games and the especially the online games where you can actually meet up with strangers and play against them in these killing games. Uh, and then, and then, you know, ninety nine percent of the population is okay recognizing I'm playing a video game. This is not reality, but that one percent of deranged people whose brains might not be wired exactly the way they should be can't separate or they lose one of those games against strangers in their online battles uh and then they they take it to the street they don't recognize the difference between reality and uh and and fantasy and i'm okay with well and then, playing, watching fantasy, fantastic movies or fantasy movies or playing fantasy video games but obviously you know that one percent is what we have to watch out for well, and, and, and so the, they will justify and they'll say, oh, there's no evidence that watching video games causes people to shoot people. There's no evidence that owning guns causes people to shoot people either. So why right. are we having the unsta- this even, uneven standard? Yeah. We're not talking about the cause. We're talking about a political attack, something that has been you know, worked out by the left. Of here's how we're going to get it finally. Here's how we're going to get rid of these guns. Because until we get rid of these guns, we can't make these people do what we want them to do. And it really so, comes down to that. And people say, you're Tom, you're a conspiracy theorist, whatever. No, we've been watching this. We've been studying this. This is exactly what they do. It's one inch at a time. Just keep driving. Keep changing the law. Keep, you know, just, just making it a little bit more where, geez, you know, you might be crazy. So we can temporarily take your guns for a little while because somebody said so. I don't and think that, so. And that, and that we temporarily, can't let that happen. And then that temporarily becomes what? It becomes indefinite. At what point do I get? To, am I able to prove my sanity? Prove my lack of being a threat? Prove that I'm not going to do something in the future that somebody said I might do in the future to the point where you give me my guns back? Do I have to keep coming and, back with an appeal every every six months or every six weeks with another attorney's fee and another court cost and so until you give me my guns back? Because they say temporarily, as if it's just you know we're giving back to you at the end of the day uh we don't know so, what that's going it's, into. so going back to what i said about it's about the rule of law that's what is is important in a society and yep. so just like the kavanaugh hearing he's guilty until proven innocent you must believe the accusers same thing with this you're guilty until you prove you're innocent that's not american law American same thing, law same thing Mueller did to President guilty. Trump. Same thing Mueller did. Exactly. We don't have any evidence he didn't commit any uh, obstruction of justice. He has to prove that he didn't. What? You can't prove a negative. That's exactly. So, what did we're you see a here pattern too. here? Can I we do. See a pattern I do, Tom. here? Okay. Tom, I got, this is an assault I, I, I got on a jet here. I've got a jet here, Tom. I'm going to remind people your essay on uh, the red flag laws and the polls support showing that uh, people, uh, Republicans support it, is at wethepeopleconvention.org. Wethepeopleconvention.org. It's right there on the homepage. Read Tom's essay there and, uh, and join in the conversation. Tom Zawistowski, uh, president of We the People Convention. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, Rob. You got it. 1023. Time out. Right back with your calls next. All right, 1027, let's catch up on some phone calls now. We have people who have been waiting an awful long time, including Mikhail in uh, Beechwood. You are on uh, AM 1420, The Answer. Mikhail, go ahead, sir. Oh, hello, Bob. Well, thank you for having uh, Governor on your radio show. Very informative. 
And the main comment I want to make is that uh, although the governor is a good man, his world worldview is very Cedarville, Ohio-centric, where the prosecutors and the judges may be upstanding citizens. However, us that are stuck in left-wing-run counties like Cuyahoga, we have lots of prosecutors and judges who we should not trust with anything. So any talk that the governor is talking about, oh, there's a due process, this state, this state, that proposal, I do not trust any of the prosecutors, any of the judges in the Cuyahoga County. And for the proof that uh, this stuff can go really south, just look at John Doe prosecutions of Scott Walker and his supporters in Wisconsin. Uh, I have one serious question. Who has paid for years of uh, persecution of these uh, conservatives? And who has paid for decades of uh, abuse and dereliction of duty by liberal prosecutors and judges in Cuyahoga County? Until Governor DeWine puts some responsibility onto these prosecutors and judges for a change, I don't want to hear about any more laws, any more power that the prosecutors will have, or any more due process for which we have to go downtown and explain ourselves to the liberals that we're not crazy and pay for their parking, and sit there for many hours and until they finally decide to hear you, and then they'll ask for continuance, and then you have to come back again, skip work again. This is, this is a horrible set of ideas, uh, and as a result, I think we should start with, okay, any of you did, would any of your proposals have stopped uh, Elizabeth Warren, Dayton, Schroeder? If, if none of them would stop it, I don't want to hear no more laws. So... So, also, you know, a little bit about um, this um, John Doe process. You know, the, our government is pretty corrupt in Cuyahoga County, don't you think? I do, and it has been for a long time. Uh, and uh, you know, it's not it's not a it's not a closed secret that uh, quite a few people in Cuyahoga County take bribes in the government positions, the building inspectors, the city council. Periodically, FBI comes in, arrests a bunch of people, right? I mean, it's an open secret. I mean, even on Tom Kelly's show on this radio station, joke about how city, city council people are so easily bribed for $500. So until Governor DeWine uh, puts some account, more accountability into prosecutors and judges, um, I don't want to hear about this law enforcement and due process and how it's going to expand uh, and, and, and go some places. And if he wants to, Mikhail, he wants Mikhail, to help I'm going to say this. Uh, I've got to interrupt here because I'm up against it. Um, but I want to say this. Brilliant phone call. I will stop short of accusing anybody of taking bribes that I can't prove. And I don't even want to say city council because then that essentially indicts every member of city council so we know which ones we're talking about. I will stop short of that. Everything else that you said, I completely agree with. I don't know that I can trust in Cuyahoga County or in Hamilton County or in Franklin County or in Lucas County or anywhere else. I don't know that I can trust these judges to effectively and fairly evaluate my quote-unquote mental competency or my uh, calm nature versus my violent nature or any of these other things um, fairly and, and to treat me that way. And as you said, continuances, more attorney's fees until eventually what happens, people say, I can't afford to keep going back there. I guess I'll just give up my guns. And then eventually uh, that happens again and again and again and again, and you have just a massive number of people who are being denied their Second Amendment rights. I that was a great, not a good, a great phone call, Mikhail. I really appreciate you making it. Um, prosecutors and judges, we don't know who we can trust, 
It is really, truly a very, very serious component of this discussion. Thank you, Mikhail. Back Right back after this. News, opinion, insight. This is AM 1420, The Answer. free the rest of the way. That's good news for you. People have been on hold for a long time coming right to you. If you have not yet gotten on hold, the lines are full, but keep trying. And as soon as we clear them, we'll get you up and on the air between now and 11 o'clock. Everybody wants to have a say, particularly on this issue of um, red flag laws and the interview that uh, I conducted with Mike DeWine. I played, I did it live yesterday. I played it for you back today. If you still missed it, you can find it on the podcast page or by following me on Twitter or Facebook, or I need to upload this to Parler as well. Uh, but France Radio in those places, you will hear the interview. It starts at the 1815 mark of the hour uh, on uh, on uh, the podcast page. All right, where are we going here? Let me see who's been sitting the longest. It looks like it's James in Lorraine County. Doesn't want to say where, uh, but James, you're on the air. Go right ahead, sir. James, can you hear me? today? Uh, I'm good, James. Yes, thank I can you. hear you. Okay, good. Gotcha. Right, Go ahead, uh, sir. I just, I just wanted to call and thank you for the uh, invite to the uh, Women for Trump in Cuyahoga Falls last night. Oh, good. You went out. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I got a couple of tickets from my wife and I, and we went down there and uh, attended the event, which which was great, by the way. There was good turnout. And uh, we uh, saw plenty of people out there with their Trump hats and shirts and, you know, not afraid to wear them at all. God not bless them. God bless them. Um, hey, uh, we did learn, learn one thing down there about the uh, a little history for women's suffrage. It's 99-year anniversary. Next year will be the uh, 100th year of that's pretty uh, women's amazing. voting rights. Yeah, it that's, is. that's it pretty was, amazing. You know, a lot of people forget that. And uh, the main main point of uh, the meeting last night was to get people off their vote. And that uh, the uh, women there at the meeting was about uh, getting people registered for vote, which is really critical. You know, so, it's funny you mention women's suffrage. It's funny you mention women's suffrage because this past Sunday was actually the anniversary uh, to the day of uh, you know the uh, uh, passage of the amendment that the women got the right to vote. And Monday morning, the next day, meaning just four days ago, my newly turned eighteen-year-old daughter went and registered to vote. The day after the uh, she would have done, done it on the day off, but it was a Sunday, so the board of elections was closed. So she went up on Monday, and it is uh, the event that they held last night. Although I did not attend, and I talked mm-hmm. to Jane Timken about it. Uh, is so very important to to remind you know women because they continue to be besieged by fake news about Donald Trump being some sort of misogynist or Donald Trump not liking women or or whatever the case might be. Uh, and it's right. important for them to find out the facts they, and the truth. It is okay to support a president who is truly standing up for American values. They were very supportive the, last night. Yeah, and don't believe the propagandists who are telling you that he is in in, in some way uh, uh, misogynistic or not giving women a fair shake or, or supportive of women's rights. It's certainly not true. Great. I'd like to see more women turn out for the events and uh, and Amen. get out there and register for voting. 
Thank you, James. I appreciate the phone call. And by the way, I agree with that. Speaking of events, I forgot to tell you last hour, I will not forget this hour, about the extraordinarily important event coming up in November. Uh, I'm coming right back to phones, but let me hit this real fast, okay? In November, on the 21st, we are going to be live on stage at the Holiday Inn on Rockside in Independence. Uh, Hugh Hewitt. Dr. G, Sebastian Gorka, Peter Kersenow, and yours truly. We will all be on stage at the War for America's Soul uh, event. It is a panel discussion on stage. It's interactive with members of the audience, and you really, really need to attend. Whenever we have these, we have them a couple of times a year. They're extraordinarily uh, successful, at least from everything that I have gathered, in firing people up, uh, getting people passionate about the job at hand, and that is to go out there and find support for our causes, for our candidates, and for our president uh, coming up. So it's on November 21st. It'll be exactly 12 months away, not to the day, but 12 months before uh, uh, the reelection bid for the president in 2020. And uh, you need tickets. Uh, general admission tickets are just $25. You can get a VIP ticket, which includes dinner, for $75. You can get a super VIP ticket, which means dinner at my table, or Hugh's table, or Gorka's table, or Kersenau's table, for $150. Those are the first ones to sell out, because there's only eight spots at every table to be sold. So if you want to get uh, one of those spots, buy now. Get online at whkradio.com and buy your tickets for the November 21st War for America's Soul Tour event. I'm really, really looking forward to seeing you there tj in cleveland has been sitting patiently go ahead tj you're on the air yeah you know bob this law has a lot of problems that i see you know let's look at this in reality the government wants the right when no crime has been committed to go into your home and confiscate your private property property that you may have paid a lot of money for now i didn't hear anything about dewine saying if the person doesn't get that gun back are you going to pay them for their investment or are they just supposed to eat it that's a great question. That's, a, that's yeah. one of many problems in terms of the financial costs of accusing somebody before they've committed a crime of maybe someday potentially committing a crime, uh, as we talked about. So, yeah, the cost of the, the weapon that has been taken, as well as the cost of the attorneys and the court fees and everything else to go and prove that you're not going to do something that somebody says you might do. Uh, it's, it, there's so many different uh, issues with it. That's another one. No, and this propensity to violence. You know, this is the beauties in the eye of the beholder. If you live in Shaker Heights, you might be deemed to have a propensity to violence. Now, the same person might be living in Medina, which is a pretty conservative town. Uh, Maybe they don't have a propensity to violence in their people's view. You know, this thing is so crappy. To me, I don't think this would pass the muster in the Ohio Supreme Court if it was taken that far. I don't think this law could. I really don't. I I, I don't Yeah, Where do they stop? You know, look at London. What are they calling that now? The stabbing capital of the world? And they yeah, actually city, have an stab, they call it stab control. city. They yeah, call it stab yeah, city, right? Control. And, and they are they are by the way. The the, the lunatic uh, uh, Muslim uh, mayor there Khan is indeed talking about uh, strengthening knife control. You cannot be in possession of a knife pretty much anywhere outside of your kitchen. Uh that's it. <laughs> if you take one anywhere else publicly, uh you you can be arrested and charged and thrown in jail for it. So uh yeah, they are doing and then what happens when the knives are confiscated? Then, then the cars come next. Yeah, because you could use a car to kill. 
So I was going to go with clubs. I was going to go with those collapsible batons yeah. and those kind of things. Because the point is, it, whether it's cars or clubs or, or bare hands, people who want to kill are going to kill. Uh, bombs, it, that's another one. Pressure cookers, all these ridiculous things. Uh, you know, if they continue to ban them, people are going to use whatever they can get their hands on. And oh, by the way, we all know that even just because something is made illegal doesn't mean you can't get your hands on it. That's exactly what the black market has been doing for, for you know, a couple of centuries. And one other quick point, Bob. First of all, this gun thing has been blown way out of control. You know, as horrible as these mass shootings are, they pale in comparison to the deaths caused by drunken drivers, texting drivers, fentanyl. You know, mass shootings are pretty far down on the list of people dying in this country. Uh, nobody wants to talk about anything else, but now this is the thing. Gun control, gun control, gun control. It's just totally blown out of control, and it's real scary. And I'll just say one other thing. I wish Renacy would have ran for governor instead of senator. I really do. Well, you know what, TJ? Thanks for the call, my friend. Um, dare I say, uh, you might not have to wait terribly long for that to happen. <laughs> uh, I think uh, I think um, former Congressman Renacy is very, very active in Ohio politics with the Ohio Future, Ohio's Future Foundation. Uh, and uh, we're going to have him on next week, by the way. He just wrote a book, and he is very, very closely tied into everything that's going on in Ohio right now, and I would not be surprised to see him try to primary out Mike DeWine uh, in, uh, in three and a half years. We'll see. Uh, Kenny in LaGrange, good to have you back on the, uh, on the program, Kenny. Nice to talk to you. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, my pleasure. I, I listen to these conversations about gun control, and I get really frustrated because people don't use any common sense. And common sense is, a, is an individual uh, personality trait. I really don't put a whole, whole lot of uh, credibility into that, but common sense has to play a factor in this. These gun control, these just debates over gun control have so many moving parts. It, 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 you, you can talk about the gun, you can talk about the ammunition, you can talk about the acquisition of the firearm, the background check. Everybody, everybody wants to talk about uh, trying to control the criminal, and there's absolutely no way in God's green earth you're going to control the actions of a criminal. You, 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 you mentioned this before. Everybody's talked about it. Uh, the world is filled with good intentions. We know how that goes. Uh, 20 years, 30 years after the good intentions are brought forth, everything falls apart. The people that bring the good intentions to the world are never held responsible when those good intentions don't come true. Uh, the, 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 the one, the one part I would like, uh, you, you hit on it, uh, with your, uh, Tom Z and the gentleman that you spoke with after, after that gentleman about yes. the judges. What happens when you get in front of a judge who is violently anti-Second Amendment? Yeah, you're right. The, the, the bias of the judge would play a huge role in this because there's never going to be quote unquote hard evidence of somebody that right. might commit a crime. You're going to have a pro, as I said to, to the governor, don't you find it strange, Kenny, that they're using prosecutors to make cases against people that, that should not have their guns. I, I used that word to the governor because he kept saying the prosecutor has to prove this. Doesn't it sound strange to say that there is a prosecutor whose job is to prosecute crimes that didn't happen? Crimes. I mean, He's you're trying. treating somebody like a criminal. Why? Why? I mean, literally, 
the job of a prosecutor is to prosecute crimes that have been committed. And in this case, they haven't been committed, but yet I'm compelled to get a defense attorney to defend me right. against these accusations of a crime that never, that has not yet been committed. That entire, think- the entire process is flawed. And then as you point out, if you get somebody who is a, an anti-gun judge, well, yep, they're going to side with the quote unquote prosecution each and every time. I think I think when they use the word prosecutor, as the governor did, I think he's trying to pacify everybody. I truly do. It, the, process, the word prosecutor sounds so formal, and you're going to go through a formal process. And like you said, the prosecutors cannot prosecute without the commission of a crime. So what's the next step down? Mental health. Some psychologists, some psychiatrists, some uh, lunatic bureaucrats someplace will step in and say, well, we can do this, we can take over for that. And 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 with my final comment, I want to I want to make a, uh, someplace in our society we have to redefine the word insanity. When a person goes out and plans to murder people, that's not insanity. I, I always go back to the the fact that the movie of uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. If you're truly insane, you can't you cannot function in society. You cannot take care of yourself. You cannot eat or feed or clean yourself. These people are not insane. They're pure evil. And I think as a society, we have to figure out the difference between true insanity and evil. And then something might come of that. And, Bob, I thank you for letting me talk on the air. I always appreciate when you talk on the air, Kenny. Thank you very much. Kenny is uh, Kenny doesn't like to call. Kenny is a regular emailer to the program, but as I've explained to him many times, I don't have my email open during the show. I did 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago. For the first, you know, 10, 12 years of my career, I suppose, email was a pretty big way to communicate with the show. But now it's either the phones or the, it's uh, Twitter or it's Facebook to read comments that people make. So Kenny has uh, uh, gotten out of his comfort zone and started to call the show, and I really appreciate it because he's always got great stuff to say. Ron in Brook Park does as well. Ron, good to hear from you. Go right ahead, sir. Hey, good morning, Bob. I just want to uh, echo a little bit of what Tom Z said, okay? You can't take... A- people and barrage them every day of their life, be they a boy or be they a man, and tell them they're bad, bad, bad. They're everything that's wrong with this world. And what I'm referring to is basically white, Christian, heterosexual males, okay? Yes. This has been going, the only thing I would disagree with Tom Z on is it's been longer than 20 years. It's been more like 50 years. And this may sound silly to you, but when you get off the air with me, think about it for a minute, okay? Let's go back to the days of all in the family. You know, I never really paid a lot of attention to that show when it was on, but now that I've seen it in reruns and I dissect it, if you really look at that show, that show was basically about making the white, uneducated male to look bad, and that was Archie Bunker, okay? He was the guy that barely made it through school, wasn't successful, worked in a blue-collar job, but never was going to get any place in this world. And then here's the black man that lives next door, the successful guy, which is George Jefferson, owns all these dry cleaners and everything. That whole show was basically about putting down the white male, if you really stop and think about it, okay? And nothing has changed in the last 50 years because over all other shows or many other shows, plus the way society has turned, if you're a white male, especially, uh, like I said, heterosexual, you're everything that's wrong, not just this country, but the whole world. And, you know, when I grew up going to school, we idolized people like Washington, Jefferson, Lincoln. Now we're being told, you know, it doesn't affect me anymore because I'm older, but now the younger ones are being told, you shouldn't idolize these guys, our founding fathers. They were bad, bad, bad. They owned slaves. 
They Jefferson fathered children with a slave, uh, this, that, and the other. Everything negative. And I'm not saying they didn't do some of these things. They did. But now it's being brought to the forefront and told how evil and bad these people were. And these kids are growing up today really thinking, man, I have no business being white and heterosexual. I'm a bad person. And many of these kids, I used to call them feeble-minded, if you're on the edge like some of these kids are, they're acting out in a very negative way. And this is why you're having a lot of shootings and stuff. And the video games, I think, do play into it, too. But every day of your life, you're being told you're a bad person. It's got to do something to you psychologically. Don't you think so? I do. Uh, and, and I'm going to respond. i got to get to my break here, Ron. Okay. And I want to respond to what you said after it. So keep listening. I will. Because I talked about this after the uh, white supremacist uh, in uh, El Paso who put out the manifesto. is clearly one of those white supremacists or white nationalists or whatever. And I spoke with an unpopular opinion about that then. And I'll kind of repeat some of it in response to your question right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. I want to respond very briefly to what Ron said before I get to the rest of these phone calls. Um, he, he's talking about how when you, and I, I did, I brought this up. It's an unpopular opinion because I don't want this to sound like excuse making in any way. It's not. There is never, let me state, state this for the record as clearly as can be stated, never an excuse or justification for killing anybody, let alone a mass shooting. But what Ron was talking about can impact people who are already a little bit mentally unstable. And what what Ron talked about is there is such a demonization of the white, straight, Christian male in America. In 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 a culture that is quickly becoming victim culture, everybody is a victim and you get points for being victimized. Who can't be victimized? White, straight, Christian males. You're in the majority in each of those categories. In race, in gender, in uh, 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 religion, and in sexual orientation, you're you're in the majority. So you are you have everything. You have privilege. You have white privilege, and whenever white privilege is constantly pushed on people, you are and not to mention you are part of the problem in this country. You're a white male. You are part of the white patriarchy that runs this country and keeps everybody else down. And you're told that everything is your your fault. Your, your race, which you did not choose, your, your, your sex, which you did not choose, all these things are, are your fault. And white guilt takes over for a lot of people. And what that does is it can very easily push some people into saying, you know what, I don't have to be ashamed of who I am. I'm white, and I'm proud of being white. Well, now you've crossed into a territory. If you express pride in your whiteness, you're expressing white supremacy. I'm better than you because I'm proud of who I am. No. I'm not better than you, but you keep telling me that I'm awful. And I'm proud of being white. I'm proud of being who I am, just like you should be proud of being who you are. So you be, then you go from white pride into white defensiveness. And usually that's where it ends. I'm going to defend myself. You can't insult me or, or, or assault me because I'm white. And you shouldn't do that. That's racism against me. And white defense then can sometimes, especially in the minds of those who are not necessarily psychologically stable, then it transfers into white supremacy. All right, you've tried to make me the white bad guy. You tried to make me the white evil. I am now proud, and I'm not going to hide being proud of who I am. And, oh, yeah, you think I'm so bad? Bang, here we go. So it can turn some nut jobs 
into white nationalists and white supremacists. Not to the to the point we're going to go out and shoot people, but it creates what they are criticizing. It becomes self-fulfilling in some cases is the point that I'm trying to make. Um, Donnie and Euclid, haven't heard from you in a while. Donnie, how you doing? Go right ahead. Uh, good morning, Bob. I have some issues, but um, I'm on the road to recovery. Glad you're here, my to, friend. What's on your mind today? I just wanted to uh, 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 agree with you with what you just said. There are a lot of things that are going on in this country that I was so afraid would happen. When I, especially when I first became uh, politically and ideologically aware, I was afraid that things like this were going to happen. And I think I told you at least once, maybe even more times, we're at a point now where every time I hear the national anthem, it's almost like I hear in the background the theme of the Twilight Zone. Well, you know what? It really does feel that way sometimes, my friend. And I'm, I'm sorry to hear you said you had issues, but I'm gl- gl- very glad and gratified to hear that you are on the road to recovery. 30 seconds is all I have, Gary. Go ahead. All right, Bob. Uh, past two months, been on that calibrate trait. Lost 24 pounds. Congratulations. That's awesome. Yeah, Love to hear so that. Thank you so much. Thank no, you my so pleasure. Much. A, yeah, and people, call the governor's office, 614-644-4357. Love you, Bob. Take care. Thank you, Gary. Appreciate it. Express yourself to the governor after you heard what he had to say in our conversation. That's a great idea as well. That's all the time that I've got. Thanks so much for being a part of the show. Great conversation today. It will be picked up again on Monday morning. But for now, it's Mike Gallagher time on AM 1420 The Answer. Have a blessed weekend. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.